0: Welcome back to the Rights and Liberties podcast, where we are discussing the Federalist Papers. Today we will be talking about Federalist 68. We typically begin these podcasts with three big ideas. Here are three big ideas concerning Federalist 68. Big idea 1 in Federalist 68, Hamilton's argument is centered on offering an extended defense of the electoral college. Big idea 2. Hamilton referred in Federalist 68 to the role of the executive in administration. Big idea 3. Hamilton offered in Federalist 68 a defense of the utility of the office of the vice president. So big idea 1 is focused on the main point of the essay. Hamilton's defense of the electoral college is the method for electing presidents. Hamilton opened the substance of his defense by explaining that the Electoral College would be preferable to another potential system, quoting Hamilton here, quote, It was desirable that the sense of the people should operate in the choice of the person to whom so important a trust was to be confided. This end will be answered by committing the right of making it, not to any pre-established body, but to men chosen by the people for the special purpose, and at the particular conjuncture, end quote. Note the use of the phrase, sense of the people. That might be a tricky phrase, subject to interpretation. Similar phrases are found elsewhere in the Federalist Papers, perhaps most notably in Federalist 22, where Hamilton referred to the, quote, fundamental maxim of Republican government, which requires that the sense of the majority should prevail, end quote. So in the context of Federalist 68, we can think that a phrase such as sense of the people should operate as in contrast with something like a claim that the actual voice of the people, or of the majority, should be dispositive. And it always bears repeating that the sense of the people, insofar as it was drawn from the electorate, would not take account of all those excluded from the franchise. According to Hamilton, the sense of the people should operate, but apparently should not be the only thing that operates. One justification of the electoral college offered by Hamilton referred to the benefits of a small group. In part, this was because he saw a small group as likely to be better informed and as, quoting Hamilton here, quote, most likely to possess the information and discernment requisite to such complicated investigations, end quote. Then too, Hamilton claimed that public tension and disorder would be less likely under an indirect and dispersed system such as that of the Electoral College, quoting Hamilton here, quote, the choice of several. To form an intermediate body of electors will be much less apt to convulse the community with any extraordinary or violent movements than the choice of one who was himself to be the final object of the public wishes. And as the electors chosen in each state are to assemble and vote in the state in which they are chosen, this detached and divided situation will expose them much less to heats and ferments which might be communicated from them to the people than if they were all to be convened at one time in one place, end quote. A related concern found in other essays of the Federalist Papers was voiced in Federalist 68 as well. The possibility that foreign powers might try to sway American elections, what Hamilton termed, quote, the desire in foreign powers to gain an improper ascendant in our councils. How could they better gratify this than by raising a creature of their own to the chief magistracy of the Union, end quote. One might see a smaller group of electors as a problem in the context of concerns about foreign influence, though Hamilton did not so argue. Hamilton pointed to the fact that the Electoral College would be created for the occasion as addressing concerns about interference from other countries, referring to, quote, their transient existence and their detached situation, end quote, as hedges against such influence. While current observers might compare selection by the Electoral College to the possibility of direct election by voters, Hamilton compared selection by the Electoral College to selection by other potential bodies. This led Hamilton to a conclusion that might be unexpected in modern terms. The structure of the Electoral College, as Hamilton saw it, would mean that if the executive should be thought dependent on anyone, it would only be dependent on the people. And Hamilton saw this as a notion that animated members of the convention. Quoting Hamilton here, Another and no less important desideratum was, that the executive should be independent for his continuance in office on all but the people themselves. He might otherwise be tempted to sacrifice his duty to his complacence for those whose favor was necessary to the duration of his official consequence. This advantage will also be secured by making his re election to depend on a special body of representatives, deputed by the society for the single purpose of making the important choice. End quote. Hamilton believed that the mode of election of president by the Electoral College with the choice to fall to the House of Representatives should no candidate receive a majority of electoral votes, would screen out candidates of faulty character, quoting Hamilton on this point, Talents for low intrigue and the little arts of popularity may alone suffice to elevate a man to the first honors in a single state, but it will require other talents and a different kind of merit, to establish him in the esteem and confidence of the whole Union, or of so considerable a portion of it as would be necessary to make him a successful candidate for the distinguished office of President of the United States. It will not be too strong to say that there will be a constant probability of seeing the station filled by characters preeminent for ability and virtue. End quote. Big Idea 2 highlights a point that, while not of overriding significance in its own right, Highlights a potential and perhaps unexpected nuance in Hamilton's argument, Hamilton's brief reference to the role of the executive in administration. Early on in this essay, while referring to the considerations of which the convention was taking account while deciding how the president should be selected, Hamilton said this quote, It was also peculiarly desirable to afford as little opportunity as possible to tumult and disorder. This evil was not least to be dreaded in the election of a magistrate who was to have so important an agency in the administration of the government as the President of the United States." End quote. Later in the essay, Hamilton returned to administration, this time contemplating the likelihood we discussed in Big Idea 1, the likelihood of electing virtuous people under the Electoral College structure described in the Constitution. Quoting Hamilton here, bearing in mind in the midst of this quotation, Hamilton will quote the poet Alexander Pope, quote, And this will be thought no inconsiderable recommendation of the Constitution by those who are able to estimate the share which the executive in every government must necessarily have in its good or ill administration. Though we cannot acquiesce in the political heresy of the poet who says, quote, for forms of government let fools contest, that which is best administered is best, end quote, yet we may safely pronounce that the true test of a good government is its aptitude and tendency to produce a good administration, end quote. One reason to take note of this brief discussion of administration is simply because Hamilton so often thought in terms of energy in the executive branch. This does not contradict that, but it is fair to think of energy as implying different tasks than administration. When Hamilton said that the true test of a good government is with reference to the good administration it might produce, this may seem more to bespeak soundness and competence than the energy that he cited in other places as a salutary characteristic in the executive idea three points to hamilton's brief defense of the manner of choosing the vice president near the end of Federalist 68. hamilton pointed in part to the fact that one would want the president of the senate to break ties but that would mean that the president of the senate would only vote sometimes rather than all the time quoting hamilton on this quote and to take the senator of any state from his seat as senator to place him in that of president of the senate would be to exchange in regard to the state from which he came a constant for a contingent vote End quote. Hamilton also pointed to the fact that someone would occasionally be needed to serve in place of the president, and that the arguments supporting the mode of election by the president would also justify the same mode of choosing a vice president. Finally, as Hamilton sometimes did in other essays, he referred in Federalist 68 to similar elements of electing a lieutenant governor in the state of New York as reason to think a similar plan sound for the U.S. Constitution. We often close these podcasts with a brief reference to the relevance of the essay under review to politics in the present and future. One element of Federalist 68 that might seem odd to you if you're reading along at home is a claim from the opening paragraph, quoting Hamilton here, quote, The mode of appointment of the chief magistrate of the United States is almost the only part of the system, of any consequence, which has escaped without severe censure, or which has received the slightest mark of approbation from its opponents, end quote. Times do change. Criticism of the Electoral College as a mode for choosing presidents is nowadays not at all unusual. Thank you for listening to the Rights and Liberties podcast. For more about the Sunwater Institute, please visit our website at sunwater.org.